Welcome to Hippie Witch, magic for a new age. I'm your host, Joanna DeVoe, and this is a happy, hippie place where magic with a K meets the law of attraction. Hi, thanks for joining me for episode 298 of Hippie Witch, magic for a new age. My name is Joanna DeVoe, and I am the dark and the light, and the kooky creatrix behind Kick-Ass Switch, putting the K in magic, and Hippie Witch, the show you are listening to right now. I also have a free ebook by that name, Hippie Witch, Peace, Love, and all that good shit, and you can pick up a copy of that at www.joannadevoe.com or back on the description page for this episode, back on Blog Talk Radio. This is a special pop-up episode. I usually post here on Tuesdays at noon, and now I do something very fun and special on Saturdays called the Saturn's Day Evening Post, which is just a really fun ramble about whatever I feel like rambling about that week. Yesterday, I posted, I did a live chat here called the Freedom to express in the age of political correctness. And ironically, speaking of expression, the gods of blog blog talk radio have a crazy sense of humor because the sound quality is insane. (laughs) It just turned out terribly. I sound very, very quiet. My guests that called in sound very, very loud. So I just want to apologize right off the bat here for the shoddy quality of yesterday's call-in episode. I had no idea in the moment that it sounded like a hot mess. It was only on replay that I came to that grim awareness. So I'm sorry about that. And I'm going to make up for today with a talk about magic. And more specifically, the life of a psycho-spiritual witch. That's me! That's me. What does psycho-spiritual mean? Let's start there. Psycho-spiritual, my definition is this. It's the point in which psychology meets spirituality. The point in which psychology and spirituality mingle and inform each other. And then witchcraft gives that dynamic a bit more soul. I personally need all three, and my core interest, both here on the podcast and then in my day-to-day life, is magic. I love magic. My working definition of magic is creating change in conformity with will, and in my experience, the fastest way to create change in your material life is to create a psycho-spiritual change which slightly alters that original definition of magic and it then becomes creating a change in consciousness in conformity with will. If you examine that more closely, it's probably the exact same thing. And these definitions are not my creation but they've become a way of life for me. So giving credit where credit is due, Alistair Crowley actually came up with the first and Doreen Valiente the latter. So let's be very precise here in giving credit where credit is due. 
Doreen said that magic is the art of changing consciousness in accordance with will, which was building on and a slight alteration, some say an improvement on Crowley's definition, which was that magic is the science and art of causing change to occur in conformity with will. I really like both. I tend more to repeat Crowley's because I feel the latter is implied. And for me, magic is both an art and a science. The psycho-spiritual aspects are the science of it, and the witchcraft is the art. What I teach primarily through the products and free content I create for my business, Kick-Ass Witch, and sometimes here on the podcast, is what I usually describe as personal development with a touch of magic. And I do that for clarity's sake, for those who see the word witch and come running for tips on spellcraft and keeping a book of shadows and all the exciting witchcrafty things that I don't usually talk about. <laughs> so I like to put that up front. Uh, what I'm mostly talking about here is personal development with a touch of magic. Of course, I love all that other stuff too. The spellcraft, keeping a book of shadows, all those super witchy things. But there are Tons of resources for that online and in bookstores. And I have chosen instead to focus on presenting a truly authentic expression of what my personal practice entails. Because really, that's all I know. That's my area of expertise. And it's what I'm most passionate about. My personal experience. It's all I have to go on. I'm not interested in regurgitating ideas I found in a book. Although I have learned plenty from books, and I'm actually going to share a list of some of my favorite books for starting a, a practice as a witch, if you're a beginner, because I get a lot of emails about this. And this episode is my gift. Maybe in the future when people ask me, how do I start? Where do I start if, I, am I, if I'm interested in becoming a witch? Maybe I'll just share a link to this episode, <laughs> and in that way, it will become evergreen because I'm going to, at the end, like I said, share a list of my favorite books for, for kicking that process off. And then, of course, everything I share in my biz is designed to help you do that. Also, regarding personal development, personal development is all about creating a change in conformity with your will. Therefore, in, in my perspective, it's magic. It's all magic. And you do not have to call yourself a witch to reap the benefits of anything I share. I, I enjoy calling myself a witch for so many reasons. Reasons I won't get into here because I've spoken about that plenty and I don't I don't want to go off on a tangent, which I'm prone to do, but I will say that in today's new age community, there are as many different ways to be a witch as there are witches, which, 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 which you might find overwhelming at first, but it's actually a great piece of news. That's what's so appealing about this path is you're not just falling in step with someone else's dogma. 
you're crafting your own practice. And I hope I'm encouraging people to do that. I don't want followers. I don't want people to be like, we are practicing the religion of Joanna DeVoe. <laughs> oh my God. Just saying that because it's like, whoa. Uh, no, 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 no. I am not a guru. I'm not saying this is how it's done. I'm saying this is how I do it. These are some tips for doing it how I do it. And take it or leave it. Take what you love and leave the rest. A bit of history here, too. Um, I personally was drawn to witchcraft when, after practicing the law of attraction for a while, and then having a flirtation with something called Nichiren Buddhism, which I had a very shallow understanding of, which I actually think helped me at the time <laughs> because I just jumped into it and I had this kind of beginner's luck experience with Nichiren Buddhism and chanting Nam Yoho Rengekyo. I experienced things exploring the law of attraction and, and using that chant that I could only describe as magic. I was like, this is magic. I set intentions and against all seeming odds, they become tangible manifestations in my life. This is definitely magic. Is this not magic? And that was really exciting. And I wanted to know more about this thing called magic. And so I went digging. And where do you go looking when you're looking for real magic? You go to witchcraft, right? That's what I did. <laughs> and what I first encountered was Wicca which ultimately was not a good match for me uh, because it felt kind of like a new religion. And I, I already had a religion. I grew up in Christianity and uh, I rejected that and I wasn't out looking for a new religion. I was, looking, I was just looking for magic and to craft my own spiritual practice. Um, there are things that I really loved about Wicca and that I learned from Wicca but I would not call myself a Wiccan. Uh, but what I did love about it was the emphasis on nature, for example. And one of my premier programs that I've run for years, that's always running year after year after year, is inspired by the Wiccan Wheel of the Year. It's literally called the Psycho-Spiritual Wheel of the Year. I love following the seasons, the solar year, the phases of the solar year. Uh, you know, you'll hear about people following the phases of the moon. That's like a micro level of following the phases of, of the sun. So we, we work with the phases of the moon maybe to create micro changes in our life. And then we work with the phases of the sun maybe for bigger sweeping changes if you're doing it in the context of magic. I think it's completely enjoyable, magic aside, just to connect with nature and the cycles of life because it can teach you so much about the life-death life cycle and that every ending is really a beginning and the interconnectedness of all things. So I find it really valuable just for that alone. But beyond that, I was disappointed in what I first encountered, which, which has changed a lot since then, actually. But when I personally first stumbled on Wicca, it was very much, this is how you set up an altar. This is how you call in the god and goddess. This is how 
you find your pantheon and you need a pantheon. And it felt like all the things I didn't love about Christianity, more rules. And um, for me, it felt like plugging into someone else's system. And for me, spirituality is not about rules or someone else's system or dogma. It's just about connection. And I, I wasn't really interested in connecting with the gods and goddesses of ancient Egypt or Ireland. I just wanted to feel connected to source and source within me. Which I've come to learn since that that initial impression that I had of Wicca is um, that's just one take on it. And you actually can practice Wicca from a psycho-spiritual approach. And many, 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 many do. That was just my initial impression. And I have since learned otherwise. Um, so to take a psycho-spiritual approach to Wicca, if you're like, but I really like Wicca and I really like these gods and goddesses of ancient Mesopotamia and I love learning about these mythologies, um, that's all good too. And if you wanted to take a psycho-spiritual approach to that, that would involve perceiving those ancient gods and goddesses as archetypes. And from an archetypal perspective, those gods and goddesses are not necessarily sovereign entities unto themselves that you need to petition for favors and blessings, but they are aspects within yourself that you can call forward at will, which is another conversation for another day, because again, I'm trying to avoid falling into tangents here. <laughs> And then in terms of, if it's not Wicca that you gravitate toward, you might end up gravitating towards ceremonial magic or whatever, and I definitely looked into that as well. Uh, in terms of ceremonial or certain forms of traditional witchcraft, that didn't resonate really as well because I'm not one who gravitates toward the idea of wearing a velvet, velvet robe, standing in a circle with other witches in velvet robes, in a properly appointed temple, reenacting such and such ritual or rite, calling the quarters, invoking this or that goddess. It's not that I don't see the romance and power in something like that. I do. Or that I don't ever want to do that. Um, but just in, in general, my interests are much more simple. One... I want to feel an ongoing, everyday connection to the divine and my own spiritual guidance. And I feel that most strongly in nature or through movement, music, dance, things like that. Two, I want to feel that I have a hand in creating my own destiny. Therefore, magic. <laughs> so I'm looking for that spiritual connection and magic. That's my motivation. And that motivation is what shapes my practice and my life as a psycho-spiritual witch. So what do I actually do as a witch? What does my practice actually look like? 
It definitely involves tarot cards and incense and candles and herbs and stones, all the usual suspects, but in a very practical witch-on-the-go kind of way. So I'm not crafting elaborate crystal grids in a candlelit ceremonial room. But I wear them around my neck. I wear crystals around my neck. I keep them on my nightstand. It's like that. I have a series that I started. I've got three videos up in this series. I will include them in the show notes if you haven't seen it. It's called Magic on the Go. And uh, it's a glimpse into what my practice looks like. And and they're tutorials because I get asked about this a lot. And um, so I thought, well, I will just make, I will make videos instead of answering everybody's emails one at a time. I will make videos showing what my practice looks like and how you can do it too if you're interested. So magic on the go, magic on the go. I'm a busy witch. I'm a, I'm a, like you are, I'm a multifaceted person. I am not just a witch, right? So like witches are moms and dads and teachers and firefighters and sports fans and movie lovers and book nerds. We have lives, you know? And I think sometimes like the perception of, you know, like an Instagram witch, for example, is like, that's everything. That's all they do. And even myself as somebody who whose business is literally called Kick-Ass Witch, and I do this weekly podcast called Hippie Witch, now bi-weekly podcast called Hippie Witch. It's not all that I am. It's it's my spiritual practice, right? And I guess my personal development practice. But I'm all these other things too. If you listen to the Saturn's Day Evening Post episodes here, you will hear that. <laughs> I'm usually not talking about magic. I'm talking about my favorite movies and a book I just read and some funny thing that happened on the street. It's like that, right? Um, and so Magic on the Go is about weaving my spirituality into my life as a modern person. Beyond that, I'm interested in living a more soulful existence, to live my life as spirit in the flesh. So I'm not getting swept up in that, right? And living my life in like a panicked, frantic, disconnected way. <laughs> I'm interested in in I want to be fully embodied in the here and now so that I can make the most of this fleeting human experience, this thing called life. And that too is why I needed something more than the messages I was receiving from the New Age community at the time that I went looking for witchcraft. I already felt a strong connection to God. I, I was a big Jesus lover when I was a little kid, and I never lost that connection. So I already had that. I was very adept at channeling and meditation and the law of attraction, but I really started getting turned off by all the messaging around transcending the, you know, transcending and the ascension movement. I don't want to transcend this earthly reality, at least not until my time has come to die. And I have no desire to ascend, to constantly ascend and constantly raise my vibration. I'm already pretty high vibe. <laughs> and as an airy air sign, I'm personally more in need of keeping my feet on the ground than my head in the clouds. I already got that. I already got that. It's about grounding for me. 
Channeling is cool. Astral travel is cool. It's all good. I love that stuff. But my most profound healing moments have involved the process of growing down, descending. The dissension movement. Is that a thing? I'm going to start the dissension movement. (laughs) Spirit in the flesh. I have learned that calling back the scattered pieces of myself and focusing on becoming more whole is the work of this life. And when I say this life, I'm speaking only for myself, my life. I don't want to escape. I'm not interested in spiritually bypassing the lessons of this 3D reality. I have come to believe that we are meant to be here now for a reason. So yes, we are spirits having a human experience as is often said, and that is by design. There are things we are meant to learn here, and we can't learn them if all our focus is on transcending the physical plane and what I perceive as escape. And so in that way, shadow work has become central to my practice. So outside witching on the go, if I'm actually going to take some time to, to really like do some work and to and to really invest in my spiritual practice like some time and energy it's probably going to involve shadow shadow work shadow work and self love are both cornerstones of this growing down process that i'm speaking of and of reclaiming the scattered pieces of yourself in order to be more fully embodied and to be here now. I used to think those were two different subjects, shadow work and self-love, but now I see they go together like peanut butter and jelly. They really do. Peas and carrots. And shadow work is actually the path to a deeper sense of self-love. And a deeper sense of self-love then in turn inspires the courage required to look even deeper into the shadows. So in that way, it becomes a circular thing and they're heavily intertwined. So Hippie Witch, the free ebook that I talk about at the top of every episode here, That ebook outlines seven steps to creating a kick-ass sense of self-love. And what I wrote that, I wrote that book in 2012. And my life has changed significantly since. However, I still to this day stand by it completely. I bust it out every now and again. Every year or so, I'll take a look at it. I'm like, yep, I agree with myself. I still stand by that. It's an awesome introduction to creating your own self-love practice in a practical, witching-on-the-go kind of way. For those who are ready to go deeper, I created Shadow Love, A Return to the Seat of the Soul. It is a six-part audio journey that you can listen to on your own time, and it's a really awesome way to meet your shadow as a place within. It's not a literal physical place, but a spiritual one, and it's positively bursting with the potential to both heal the frightened parts of your personality that would have you escaping and, and... reaching for, you know, some kind of spiritual bypass. 
and to ultimately learn how to love those scattered pieces and those frightened places in your personality, to to ultimately learn how to love them in order to more fully love yourself and this life you have been given. It's about integrating the subconscious with the conscious in order to become a more embodied version of yourself, your true self, your soul self. And in that way, it's a very, very, very magical practice. Talk about creating change and conformity with your will. Changes that are made on the shadow path change everything. So I strongly recommend checking that out if that interests you, and, and there will be a link in the show notes for this episode. As for all the fun tools, the fun stuff, the fun tools that you see on super witchy Instagram accounts and in magic shops and at pagan craft fairs, I love those too. Um, you know, like the miniature cauldrons and smudging fans and mala beads and wishing paper and tarot cards. Love, 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 love it all. I do. I love it. But I don't believe they're necessary. <laughs> I say it like that because I, I'm like cringing a little bit because I, I feel you all throwing tomatoes at me now. <laughs> they're awesome, but they're not necessary. I see them as... I love the analogy of Dumbo's feather, and this is something I've talked about before, but I have to say it here to justify (laughs) this idea that those tools aren't necessary to practice witchcraft. You know, in the movie Dumbo, Dumbo is an elephant who learns that he can fly, but through most of the video, most of the video, most of the movie, he has to hold this feather in his trunk. To be able to fly. He believes the magic is in the feather. But the lesson of the movie is when push comes to shove and in, and he's in like a life or death situation and ends up losing the feather, he finds that the, that the magic wasn't in the feather. The magic was in him all along and he flies without the feather. The feather's awesome. The feather's awesome. Nothing against the feather, but the magic is in you. So in that sense, these tools are not necessary, but they can be helpful and they can definitely enhance your craft and make your practice more beautiful and perhaps even more impactful as as a well-crafted ritual engages all the senses. And in that sense, that's why I said at the beginning here that that witchcraft is about soul. It's about like a soul for full experience. So you're engaging sight, sound, smell, movement. And in that way, they can really enhance the process. And and then it becomes a far more sensual thing than the mind games we play on ourselves to stay in the vortex, for example, when practicing the law of attraction, which can also be highly effective. Both can be true and both are true. I like a blend of both. That is why my tagline here is the place where magic with the K meets the law of attraction. And I suppose I just like the place in the middle in general as psycho-spiritual is the place where psychology meets spirituality. There's an overlap and both feed each other. 
And that's how I feel the rituals of rich witchcraft both serve and are served by an active law of attraction practice, which is very much a part of the psycho-spiritual perspective I'm talking about here. I didn't really talk too much about the law of attraction here uh, because I really wanted to make something for those of you who are always asking me about like, how do I, I want to be a witch. How do I be a witch? I wanted to make something for you. So before I go, as promised, I have a stack of books here that I drug out. I have a lot of books. I am a book nerd. Uh, hold on, let me grab these here. <clears throat> um, but I wanted, I took some time this morning trying to really pick the ones that I thought, like, if I was just starting out and I didn't know anything and I just wanted a handful of books to get going, like to maybe spend a year with, what would they be? So these are the books I chose. First and foremost, I'm going to start with one that's just really, really fun. And it's written for teenagers. It's written for teenagers. Um, really important, fancy, highfalutin witches look down on this book. I do not. So I'm including it. It is the only book I've ever found that really scratches this itch for a witchy encyclopedia. It feels like an awesome encyclopedia where you can just read a little bit about everything under the sun having to do with magic. And, you know, all, speaking of gods and goddesses, all the gods and goddesses and correspondences and, and rituals and all of that. And it is Silver Ravenwolf's Solitary Witch. And uh, even though it's directed at teenagers, I think the reason teenagers love this book and older people, I didn't get this book till I was in my 30s and I loved it, is because she is not condescending. She speaks to teenagers like they're adults. So an adult can read this and thoroughly enjoy it. There's some sections toward the back where she talks about like your skateboard and your locker and stuff like that. But in general... You're not feeling that as you read the book. And it's just really fun to have this big old honkin' encyclopedia to flip through. It's just fun when you're a beginner especially. Okay, so when I did my first Wheel of the Year, I, um, well, I did one just simply following the seasons. And then when I was like, I want to dedicate myself as a witch, I want to do a complete year and a day, as they say, and I want to really like study for a year. That first year that I did that, that they followed the wheel of the year with an, the intention of becoming a witch and dedicating myself as a witch. I used two books that I still totally recommend. The first is Marian Green's A Witch Alone. It's, she's a very serious witch, and um, but it's totally obviously accessible to beginner because I was a beginner at the time when I read this book. And she takes a very nature-based approach, which made the perfect balance to the other book I used, which was Christopher Pinzak's The Inner Temple of Witchcraft, which is such an informative book. This book is foundational. Of, of all the books I'm recommending right now, if you want to really practice magic, this is where I would recommend beginning. The Inner Temple of Witchcraft will give you an awesome foundation for everything else you might want to learn after you read it. Um, really good stuff in, in there. And so that's more about um, the science of magic, I guess I would say. And Marion Green's is more about the soul of magic. And they go very well together. 
Another book is from a famous Wiccan, um, The Heart and Soul of Llewellyn Publishing. I always think of Scott Cunningham, and who is no longer with us, but he has left behind some really sweet books on Wicca, and his approach is very, very simple. And his book, Earth Power, is one I recommend all the time if you want to do nature spells. Very, very simple nature spells where you don't need a whole bunch of bells and whistles. You don't have to go to the witchy shop to buy a bunch of stuff. You can just go into your backyard with a feather and some wind and practice a little bit of magic. And um, so I love this book. I recommend it just for starting out nature-based spell work. And then because I am very kitchen kitchen witchy, I have to include Kate Johnson's Witch in the kitchen. And again, speaking of the wheel of the year, this is an awesome way to learn about the wheel of the year because this is a little cookbook that follows the wheel of the year. And mine is super highlighted and dog-eared because at the beginning of each turn of the wheel, there are eight turns of the wheel in a traditional wheel of the year. They're called sabots. And um, she gives you a little breakdown about what that's all about. She's very insightful. This is a wonderful, wonderful read. And then she shares a lot of recipes. I believe this book, I don't think it's vegan, but it's definitely, it might be vegan. I think it's vegetarian. I think it's just vegetarian, but um, it's a great little book. I love it. And I love to bust it out uh, when we're coming up on another turn of the wheel. And again, these books, let's see, which ones are the simplest? I'd say Witch in the Kitchen and Earth Power are just really simple, great places to begin, you know, if you're at the very, very beginning. Solitary Witch is is for fun and just to get an overview of, like, all the different things you could incorporate into your practice. And then the two I I think I would take the most seriously, you know, and... uh, say these will really, really give you an awesome foundation as a witch is Marin Green's A Witch Alone and Christopher Pinzak's The Inner Temple of Witchcraft. And these will be listed in the show notes for this episode. I hope you enjoyed this. Until we meet again, much love to you. Peace. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.